Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we're here with the word of the Lord to help encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I am honored to be here with all of you on this episode number 132 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, what happens when you are asking God for something and you've got folks around you who do not believe that God will do what he said he will do? Let's talk about that. Go ahead and take this time to please get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend encourages you is coming to you with putting the scoffers out. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first-time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the BlendCouragesYou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So let's get into our scripture encouragement for our podcast, our time together. And this is going to be a familiar passage of scripture to many of you. We're going to go to Mark chapter five. And where we'll start is verse number 22 through 24. And then we're going to go to verses 35 through 43 in that same chapter, Mark chapter five. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I really want you all, if you can, in in your private time with God to, of course, read the entire chapter. It's always a good idea to read it from start to finish and even going further to read the chapter before and the chapter after to get the context and all of those types of things. Because of the time constraints we have, we're going to be doing this in a different format. Nonetheless, it won't take anything away from the word of God. Let's dig in. So in Mark chapter five, I'm actually going to start at verse number 21. So Jesus was passed again over by the ship onto the other side and much people gathered unto him and he was near the sea. So Jesus had just delivered legion from all of those demons. So you'll have to read the entire account uh, right in the beginning of Mark chapter five. So, uh, Folks were amazed at how Legion was sitting and clothed in his right mind after Jesus had cast all those unclean spirits out. He had just finished doing that. And as he was here and all these folks were gathered, one of the rulers in verse 22 of the synagogue, his name was Jairus. 
And he came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at the feet of Jesus. Verse 23 says, And he besought Jesus greatly, saying, My daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. So Jesus is in this huge crowd of people trying to get to Jairus' daughter for healing. Now, in between this, so as he's on his way, uh, there comes the woman with the issue of blood. And again, very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, this is Mark chapter 5, and this goes from verse 25 on down through 34. So as Jesus was making his way through the crowd, there was this woman that was looking to be healed, and this is where she had touched the hem of his garments. And because of her faith, she was made whole. Now, the scriptures don't talk about the time frame and how long this took to happen as Jesus was making his way through the crowd and then questioned the young lady or anything like that. So going down to verse number 35, you know, after the woman with the issue of blood is healed, remember Jesus was on his way to Jairus' daughter. So this stopped him, if you will, slowed him down. And then verse 35 picks up and says, while Jesus yet spake, while Jesus was telling the woman with the issue of blood that she was made whole and to go in peace, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house that said, your daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? So she had already been proclaimed dead. This is verse number 35. Number 36 says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. I want you all to hold on to that. Be not afraid, only believe. Now, hold on to what Jesus said, and let's go down to verse number 37. And Jesus suffered no man to follow him, except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So he took three people with him. Verse 38 says, And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw this great tumult, like all of these folks here, and they were weeping and wailing greatly. So again, this young lady had been pronounced dead, and everyone is beside themselves with grief. Now, Jesus walks in, in verse number 39, and says unto them, Why are you making all this ado and weeping? The damsel is not dead. She's just asleep. Verse 40 says, And they laughed him to scorn. So they made fun of him. They laughed like, What are you talking about? Obviously, they didn't realize who Jesus was or the power that he had because they laughed at him. Now, verse 40 goes on to say, but when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and they that were with him and entered into where the damsel was lying down. Verse 41 said, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, 
Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. Verse 42 says, And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly. Jesus said that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to the young lady to eat. And that's verse number 43. So with this passage of scripture, BCU family, there's a lot here. You know, just going back to be not afraid, only believe. I want to go back to that for a moment. And again, that's verse number 36. Just Jesus saying that and thinking about how we can apply that statement to our own lives um, is amazing. Because when you think about it, when you think about it, they have pronounced this young woman dead. And I am positive that Jerry is just probably his countenance and, and his body language and, and everything else just read, you know what? <laughs> it, it took a while for you to get here. And, and now my daughter is gone. And Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe. So even in that moment where all seemed lost and that there was no hope, Jesus still offered hope with just those words, five words, be not afraid, only believe. How can you take those words, BCU family, and apply that to a situation that you may be going through? Who, BCU family, has brought you some bad news about a situation and said, you know what? This thing is dead. There is nothing else that we can do. There is no point in you praying any more about it. Who has brought that to you and have you allowed that person's report Make you be afraid and fearful and not believe what God said. You can trust and believe that if God told you he's going to take care of something, he will do it. In the beginning of this story, in uh, verse number 22 through 25, Jesus was on his way to heal her. He was on his way. He didn't forget. He didn't forget. He wasn't too late. This was all purposed and planned. And with things that go on in our lives, although my first lady says this quite a bit, and I know it's a popular saying, although we may be delayed in what God has promised us to do, it doesn't mean that we are denied. If he says he is on his way, he is on his way. And if there's a delay with the blessing that you're looking for, it is for a purpose. It is for a purpose. And what we want to do with God's help is to learn to look for the purpose and why God is doing what he is doing. What is the lesson that he is teaching us rather than being focused on when the Lord is coming to bless us, to heal us, to deliver us. So let's look at the lessons that we're getting while we wait. Amen. So be not afraid, only believe. So that's verse number 36. Now, verse number 37 is significant to me as well, because with this, as Jesus was making his way to their house, he says that he, I'm sorry, the scripture says that he suffered no man to come with him except for Peter, James, and John, who was the brother of James. Jesus took three trusted disciples with him. Now, 
It doesn't say that the other disciples were not trustworthy or anything like that. I don't know what Jesus's criteria was for this. All I know is he chose three to go with him. And this is significant BCU family because as many people that followed Jesus and were his disciples, uh, he chose a certain amount of people and, or, and for whatever qualities. And what we can gain from that is, or what we can learn from that is, is that we have to think about what God has called us to. And if there is need to take someone with us, are we careful in choosing who goes? And when I say, are we careful in choosing, are we looking to Jesus to know who should go with us? There are certain places that we may minister, certain situations where we have to go and straighten things out or whatever it is that God has called us to do, whether it's on our jobs or in our families or to mediate something or whatever it is, even in ministry, whatever it is, are we mindful of who we are taking with us? And I can say for my own self that I wasn't always that way. I wasn't always that way. I'm better now. But I had to learn and the Lord had to teach me through some experience. So take my word for it, BCU family, that you cannot take everyone with you when it comes to doing certain things for God. So talk to Jesus first and know who should go with you. And it's no disrespect to the ones that he told you to leave behind. He tells you who to take with you for a purpose. You don't want to take the wrong people with you because you can abort the mission that God has for you. Amen. Amen. All right. So now let's get to verse number 38. So now Jesus finally gets to the house um, of the ruler of the synagogue to Jairus's house. And everyone once again is just weeping and wailing in grief. Okay. And it says greatly, the scripture says, and verse number 39, once again says, you know, Jesus is asking a question. Why are you all carrying on like this? The damsel is asleep. Verse 40, the beginning says, and they laughed him to scorn. Uh, one translation says they ridiculed Jesus for what it was that he said. Now, let me stop right here. Because when you think about what Jesus said, now he comes in and wonders, you know, why is this going on? And, and, you know, I, this is all taken care of. Jesus was already saying, you know what? This is already taken care of. She's already healed. I've done this. I've done this. She's already healed. She's asleep. And they did not believe what he said. There are going to be people, BCU family, that don't believe what Jesus told you. And what we want to do with God's grace and help, and it takes a lot of his grace and help, is to not let the ridicule of the people stop us from believing what God said. Because when you start to hear laughing or ridiculing, that's where fear comes in and that's where the unbelief comes in. You see how that ties back into verse number 36? That's where it comes in. You, we can't let the taunts of the enemy and of people who don't believe what God said to stop us from believing what God said. Now let's get to the rest of verse number 40, because this is what really resonated with me. I, I love this. So after they ridiculed and mocked Jesus, there is a conjunction. It says, but, 
And I got to tell you, conjunction, junction, what's your function? This means that Jesus was ready to do something else. And I love this. So after they laughed at him, the scriptures goes on to say, but when Jesus had put them all out, let me stop right here, BCU family. He put all of them out. Now, I don't know, and the scriptures are not clear with how many people were there mocking and carrying on, but he put them out. And he only took in the father and the mother of the child and they that were with him, of course, the three that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. Okay. And of course, he took her by the hand and he spoke to her and told her to arise and she arose and walked and they were all astonished. Everyone, of course, that saw this was astonished. And then, of course, he went to uh, give her something to eat or he said that they should give her something to eat rather. So let's talk about this part uh, in verse number 40, because this is one of my favorite scriptures. It really is. I know I have a lot of favorites, but this is one of my favorites because Jesus had these scoffers, these unbelievers around and he had to put them out and he performed the miracle with his parent, with the parents rather, and with his disciples present. When you know that God is doing something for you, you have got to put the unbelievers, the scoffers, the ridiculers out, BCU family. Put them out of your head. Put them out of your conversation. Put them out of your presence and go into the room. Notice that once he put them out, he went into the room and he went and told that young lady to rise up. So you go into the room with Jesus. All right. Go into your prayer closet. Hallelujah. With Jesus. Go to your altar with Jesus. Go into your secret room with Jesus. Go with Jesus and receive your miracle. Receive your blessing. Receive your deliverance. Receive your healing. Whatever it is that you need from Jesus, you go to him and you get that. So get yourself, if you can, some folks that are going to rally around you and pray for you and pray with you, pray you through. Hallelujah. Get that crowd of folks, those, those small crowd of folks, and do that. And just know that when you do this in faith, when you believe what God said, that he will bring you out every time. BCU family, we will always have the scoffers or unbelievers around us. And too many of us, too many of us allow people to affect us in a way where our belief in Christ gets tainted and we hold up what God has for us because we don't believe what he says. BCU family, it is time for us to take God at his word. Uh, the Lord is not a man that he would lie. Neither is he the son of man that he has to repent. So what that means is that whatever God tells us is always true. We never, ever, ever have to wonder if God's word is true because he, he can't lie to us. So we need to take him at his word rather than taking the word of scoffers, unbelievers, and people that are trying to pull us away from what God says. So from here on out, 
we're going to just trust God that if he says he's on his way, he's on his way to take care of things. And until he gets here, he will sustain and keep us and bless us until such a time that he takes care of the situation in his timing, with his will and his way. Amen. Amen. So what are your thoughts on our podcast content today? What do you do with the scoffers that are in your life, the unbelievers? How do you handle that? I would love to hear from you. So if you're not already here, head to the blendcouragesyou.com page. There is a comment section right at the end of this post. Go ahead and pop your comment in and let's continue our conversation. All right, BCU family, I have got to wrap up. I'm encouraged in my heart and pray that you are too. This is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And Lord will, until the next time we are together, may our amazing God continue to bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, give you peace, and bless you to trust in what he tells you as you. Stay on the walk.